Hi, and welcome to The Circle. You're listening to Journeys to the Self with me, Melanie. Wondering what The Circle is? Check out our website, www.thecirclestockholm.com or our Instagram account, at thecirclestockholm. In Journeys to the Self, every three weeks, with a special guest, we're exploring a specific behavior that guides us through our very own life journey. We're discussing personal experiences, but also keys and tips to better understand and connect with our inner selves while growing and feeling better in our minds and souls. A way to face everyday life in a more confident, energized and clear way. In this episode, we're exploring another side of ourselves and diving into the vast realm of our insecurities. No matter how many we carry or how much we acknowledge them, they all have an impact on our respective journeys because they shape our perspective, our vision, and our approach to life, making us feel more or less like our true selves. So today, I will be joined by Carolina, nutritional therapist here in Stockholm, to discuss how, instead of letting our insecurities get the better of us and fully drive our path into the world, we can learn how to deal with them in a more positive way. Carolina is an advocate for a more holistic approach to health and has a deep understanding of our relationship to food, which is what drew me to her. She's quite familiar with the topic of insecurities, both in her professional activity and in her personal life. And as a therapist focusing on food as a way to cure and heal, she is ultimately helping her patients realign their minds, bodies, and souls in order to build more self-confidence. But let's explore today's theme a little bit more before hearing Carolina's perspective on the matter. Insecurities can come in a million different ways, each unique to each and every one of us because they are usually formed during our childhood and our teenage years, when we are particularly more vulnerable to big or little aggressions and traumas we can experience during that period of our lives. Remember all those comments you got like, your front teeth look funny, you're too thin or too big for your age. We don't understand why you're not good at math, it's not that complicated. You shouldn't be eating that cookie, it's bad for your figure. You think too much, you should be doing less reading and play more with people your age. Your hair looks weird, can I touch it? Stop being such a nerd. You shouldn't be wearing that dress, it's not flattering for your silhouette. Why do you want to become an artist, there's no career for you in that field? And so on. All those times, your sense of self was hurt and it initiated a negative strain of thoughts around your own choices and decisions, making you feel like somehow you were failing people around you or like you were not really worth it. And we're not even going to get into even more traumatizing moments that mark your soul for life and build a vast range of insecurities and fears that are even deeper anchored within the layers of the self. All of those, no matter how big or small, are like scars that mark our inner selves. 
We carry them with us as reminders of what we've already been through and how careful we need to be and behave at all times. No matter if we're aware of them or not, no matter if they lie within our subconscious or not, they're here to stay and influence our every move, thought, and emotion. But insecurities are also intrinsically linked to our social selves, mostly because they are the result of encounters and experiences with the outside world and with other people, based either on something that was said to us as described earlier, or on an assumption we make of what people might think of us, whether true or not. So once we formed and integrated those insecurities into our system, we adapt or let's say mold our social selves accordingly. We might not be necessarily fully aware of it, but we tend to create behaviors and defense mechanisms that prevent us from being hurt once again at the exact same place where our insecurities are anchored. So in a sense, we partly build our social selves as a way to carefully protect the other layers of the self which can be good in a way, but it's not sustainable long-term because constructing ourselves in reaction to the external world prevents us from feeling whole and being our true selves. And no matter how hard we try to avoid it, sooner or later, it comes biting us back, forcing us to deal with whatever the issue is. And actually, this attitude, or let's say coping mechanism, tends to reinforce our insecurities because they are constantly in the back of our minds. You could see this as your social self being the rug under which you hide all your insecurities like they don't exist. But they are there, and the more you pretend like they aren't, the more insecure, self-conscious, and judged you will feel. So let me tell you about my hair. Yeah, that's right, my hair. My mother being from the French Caribbean and my dad a Polish Jew, I have thick, dark and tight curls. But being born and raised in France in the middle of the 90s and 2000s in a fairly bourgeois, therefore conservative environment, with definitely not a lot of people like me, I've integrated the idea at a quite young age that girls are not pretty. They are messy, they do not look proper nor elegant and send the wrong message. You're wild, loud, and do not care about your appearance, nor about belonging to society in a proper way. So I was 12 years old when I first discovered what a hair straightener was, and it changed my life. I could finally have the same hair as my friends, and later, as a teenager, felt like boys would like me more. I spent countless hours taking care of my hair, making sure they looked perfect, almost to the point that nobody would guess they were actually curly, hoping that it would prevent any comments and that people would see me as a nice, well-educated and well-behaved little mixed young lady who had perfectly assimilated to French culture and style, and my heritage being just that tiny non-important thing in the back that shouldn't be noticed, especially not through my hair. But guess what? It didn't prevent me from feeling super self-conscious, especially towards men. It was actually hard for me to explain to my boyfriends that my hair was not like this naturally, that it required a lot of care, and that therefore any spontaneous activity, whether intimate or not, involving water, needed to be removed from our list. And of course, it didn't prevent the comments either. I remember a couple of years ago, my former boss actually loved talking and joking about my hair, noticing when they had just been blow-dried or not, when they seemed longer, etc., asking me almost every single week, did you do something to your hair? So of course, you know, some could see this as a compliment, a way to say, oh, I've noticed your hair looks beautiful. 
But my brain automatically translated this as, oh, I've noticed your hair is different and doesn't look natural. And that's without counting that time when he asked if I had put in extensions because my hair looks so long. To which I snapped, why are you saying that? Just because I'm mixed doesn't mean that I can have long hair? So I think it's safe to say that I've developed quite a big insecurity around my hair. And it took me 20 years to realize that and then decide to do something about it. It took me moving to Sweden and marrying the most amazing man who loves me just the way I am to actually decide to let my curls be and feel comfortable with how I look with them, embracing my natural self. And it might seem trivial, like who cares about hair? But trust me, it's a whole journey in itself because it's about accepting myself and getting rid of all the stereotypes and judgment that I've been cluttering my mind and sense of self for so many years. To you, it may be something else, a completely different insecurity, but I trust that the process of acceptance is most likely the same. And of course, it's not always easy, especially because there are insecurities that we cannot overcome, or at least that will take many years to work through. So the most important thing is to try to accept them for what they are, be aware of their existence, but to not to build ourselves around them. We need to understand them and embrace them as full parts of our beings in order to learn and grow from them while using them as reminders of what we stand for, what we believe in, and who we are. Only then can we deconstruct the impact they have on our social selves and on our inner selves in order to reveal our true selves. Now, it's time to share with you what Carolina has to say about her vision and experience of accepting our insecurities. Hi, Carolina, and welcome to The Circle. Good morning. Hi. Thank you very much for accepting my invitation to join me for this episode talking about accepting our insecurities. Sure. My pleasure. It's a very interesting topic, so I'm more than happy to talk about it. Me too. But I guess that before diving into this subject, it would be great if you could maybe introduce yourself a little bit and tell us, you know, what you do as a nutritional therapist and also what sparks a joy and happiness for you in your life. Sure. So hello, everybody. My name is Carolina, and I am a nutritional therapist. Uh, for those of you who don't know what nutritional therapy is, it's basically a healthcare system which encourages and promotes the body's natural self-healing mechanism by consuming whole foods. I approach this uh, health concern from holistic perspectives. So by looking at the whole person and the complex interactions between the physical uh, the environmental, the emotional, and spiritual, as well as the nutritional. And so I work a lot with both the diet itself and the lifestyle. Um, so I identify and address root causes of the symptoms and work together with the client in, in returning to a state of balance. And in terms of what brings me joy and happiness, uh, life. <laughs> life brings me joy and happiness, looking after myself, uh, mind, body, and soul, uh, appreciating my healthy body, spending time with my family, looking after this earth in any way that I can. And small things like, you know, I live across this beautiful forest and it's literally what I see when I look outside my window. That brings me lots of happiness. Um, the flowers and trees blossoming. Maybe not today, it's raining today in Stockholm, but <laughs> we yeah. can see it slowly throughout the city. I love the long afternoons now that we get. So it's it doesn't get dark until like 9, 30, 10 in the evening. My children, of course. <laughs> a fun project that we have actually going on now at home is uh, we're building a little greenhouse in our balcony. So that's really exciting. 
Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but so can you tell us a little bit more maybe around, you know, your journey as how did you get to become a nutritional uh, therapist and how also did you get into that holistic approach and mm -hmm. making sure everything is connected and, and also sharing that with your patients, I imagine? Absolutely, yeah. So it actually started, uh, when I think of it, from a younger age. My father was always interested in complementary alternative therapies. So, for example, if we got a cold, he was very much into trying inhalations before do you know mm -hmm. do you know what that is so like yeah. yeah so we would try that and and if that worked then we wouldn't have to go and 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 take some some medications for it so mm -hmm. it was little things like that in my life that when I think of it oh that uh, that's probably where my interest sort of rooted from then as you know as the years went by and my experiences shaped me and I got to kind of know what what's important for me uh, one of the top things was to look after myself and I love food yeah <laughs> uh, welcome to the club <laughs> yes and the more I understood how food actually is not just food um, it's not just um, something that you take three times or five times a day um, it can actually be healing uh, has little magical properties um, so yeah between that and, and and working at the time I was working in magazine publishing working along food bloggers um, I kind of just got more and more interested in food and talking to one of the food bloggers she was telling me how she was going to start this course in nutritional therapy and I was like oh what's that <laughs> that sounds really interesting Um, yeah, I got to know more about uh, what nutritional therapy was through this food blogger. I went to an open day at the same university she was enrolling into. And yeah, the rest is history. It um, ticked all the boxes of what I thought was interesting and important in my life. And, mm -hmm. and it's been a great journey ever since. Nice. Yeah. And so when it comes to, you know, your patients' um, issues, let's say, mm -hmm. uh, what do they usually, you know, come to you with? It can be an array of things. It can be from preventative measures. So people who just want to maintain their health okay. uh, and want to know a little bit more on how to do so. Or people who have an existing, an existing problem or condition. And I don't like to use the word problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and would like some support with. So okay. it can be either way. And it can be from hormone imbalances to pregnancy to gut health and mm -hmm. anything. Okay. Oftentimes, um, the reason people would come to see me is because they're having trouble losing weight or trouble gaining weight um, or have some sort of food relationship mm -hmm. issues. Um, okay. And that is probably because they are not able or have not been able to, to do it by themselves and need a little bit of help. It's probably because there's something more happening in the body. Uh, yeah. And so they come to see me so that we can really figure out, okay, let's, where did it stem from? When did it start? And, and start to see that perhaps there's other systems that are imbalanced that are not allowing you to shed the weight or put on the weight or have a good relationship with food. Yeah. Seeing as it's a, it's a, yeah, as we were mentioning, seeing it as a whole person, there's probably more to it than just that simple fact. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah it totally yeah. does. <laughs> okay. And, and actually, you know, that makes me wonder yeah. how much of it is related to like psychology and like emotions, you know? 
Mm. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, if not 50% more, um, okay. the mind is very, it's a very powerful tool. Um, but that's why it's so interesting, this degree. And that's why I really wanted to pursue it because it's not just focused on the food. It's really focused on all the other aspects of the person's being, um, mentally, spiritually, yeah. physically, as well as nutritionally. Yeah. And, and I think that's why you're a therapist. Yes. <laughs> and, and not one of those other, you know, expertise or jobs. I don't know how you actually call it, but, um, or sp specialty. Can you say that? Could Absolutely. Yeah, one of, one of the other specialty, and I think that's what's super interesting, and which actually brings me to uh, the topic of this episode um, around insecurities, because mm -hmm. as we discussed uh, earlier, you know, when we were talking about uh, recording this podcast, we were mentioning that, yeah, there is probably, or at least from my point of view, because it's also my own experience, a lot of, uh, of our insecurities that fuel our relationship to food. Mm -hmm. And the way, you know, we see and um, appreciate our body mm -hmm. in that context. And I think that in that perspective, for specifically women, but I, I would imagine men as well from our generation that are, you know, a little bit struggling with um, their body image and, you know, how food is, is you know, taking a, a, a role in, in that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was I was curious to know what um, accepting our insecurities evoke to you from you know obviously a professional point of view but also from a personal aspect. I think what I would like to say first and foremost about insecurities is that it's it's totally normal and it's just part of a person's rainbow of emotions. Yeah. Um, insecurities it's not something that you know once you tick off one insecurity that's it that's you know you, it won't happen again it won't come across your mind again but they do they come and go and that's absolutely fine <laughs> and you're yeah. not alone in this either um, everyone everyone uh, um, experiences it so insecurity does not discriminate gender so absolutely male and female both feel it it doesn't discriminate age uh, you know you can feel it as a, as a young teenager as well as a, as an adult um and it absolutely is part in both your professional life or your personal life um yeah. so i think the first thing i'd like to say is to just perhaps get comfortable with the uncomfort of of this feeling yeah totally. uh, and to perhaps if it helps talk more about it openly just as much as you as you talk about when you're happy or excited about something to be like you know acknowledge the insecurity and be like actually i'm also you know i'm not feeling this or uh, i'm not sure i can do that and making it normal to vocalize this insecurity yeah to accept it that it's our little friend through life and it's it's probably a good thing also because it it means that there is space for you to grow um When, at least this is how I feel when I'm insecure about something, whether it's in my professional life or my personal life, I, it's usually because I've stepped out of my comfort zone. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's how you feel <laughs> that happens yeah. to you as well. And I think if we just accept it and be like, okay, this is, this is probably a good thing. And this is my little friend telling me that it's all right, that I'm, that this is me just growing into, it might not work, whatever you're d diving into or, or expressing, um, But I think it's courageous enough that you know you're 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 accepting it. You're you're becoming comfortable with it, maybe even w without noticing growing from it. Um, 
In terms of insecurity in my professional life, um, being a therapist is a is a big deal. So I always, yeah. <laughs> I always, because uh, I want to help, right? That's that's one of the reasons I, I I got into it is of course my interest, but also because like wow, I have the power of potentially helping someone's health or uh, in one way or another. Am I am I good enough? Am I going to be able to? Um, you know, will they like me? <laughs> so it's all yeah. these insecurities that go through your head. So professionally speaking, that is something that for sure goes through my mind. Um, and I'm pretty sure, again, many people experience it. And personally, well, definitely being a mother, as I'm sure many other people can um, tune in with, it's also huge responsibility. <laughs> yeah. And there's the insecurity of whether you're doing the right job, whether, you know, you are, um, am I present enough? Am I feeding them the right foods? <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> down to that. Um, and also, of course, the the postpartum body. So mm-hmm. coming into terms with how my body has changed, and that's totally cool. I mean, I was able to create two human beings and, and bring them to this world is, you know, that's incredible. And because of that, my body has had to adapt to it and yeah. becoming comfortable with with that uh yeah it takes time but i think that uh, is definitely an insecurity of mine that i am digesting slowly and it feels really good well two things that i i, I really resonate with um in what you've just shared the first thing i think that is key um is being comfortable with our insecurities yes um because i think that they, yeah, as you said, they are here for life, kind of. And, you know, it's not like you can get rid of them that easily. Um, because usually they, you know, they stem from little traumas or aggressions that you've had, uh, as a child or as a teenager. And mm-hmm. then, you know, they kind of mark your soul as scars that you carry with you and as reminders that you know, there are some things out there, uh, you know, that either you experience or that people say to you that will, you know, yeah, have an impact on you. And how can you grow from that? And yeah. how can you accept that? Whether by, you know, moving forward uh, from it and letting it, letting go or just, you know, taking in and, you know, yeah, just have it as a reminder that, okay, I know that when this happens to me, it doesn't bring me to a good place. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing that you shared is you use the word digest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something I, I I do a lot when it mm-hmm. comes to, you know, talking about my emotions and talking about, you know, yeah, my insecurities as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I, I also use the word digesting that. Mm-hmm. And I actually thought that that was a French expression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's very much, uh, I think, almost universal. Yeah. Yeah. And- and I think it's very interesting that we are actually actually using um, a word that is deeply connected with our relationship with, you know, food and uh, with our, you know, digestive system mm. and everything that goes, you know, into, you know, go, that goes on in that part of our body, mm-hmm. um, and that's very, you know, physical and connect that to something that is purely emotional and psychological. Mm. Well, actually, it's very much connected to the gut. Um, yeah. 
more than we think. <laughs> uh, I remember when I learned this in school, I was like, aha, you know, like a light bulb moment. That makes total yeah. sense. <laughs> um, as we talked about this uh, briefly before, but you know how when you fall in love, you get mm -hmm. these little butterflies in the belly. Um, we have actually two nervous systems and one big nervous system is in the gut and it's called the enteric nervous system. And it's very much responsible for producing many hormones uh, and sending many messages to your brain. So there's, you know, digesting emotions definitely is a thing. Uh, and of course, if you feed your gut and look after your gut, then you probably have the strength in your mind to shift these insecurities and, you know, think clearer and more positive because, mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's, there's a balance. There's a, a, everything is in tune. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm a strong believer of that um, mind-body connection. Yeah, I, I I am too actually, and and I've actually experienced it firsthand on seeing how my emotions really impact, um, you know, my body mm -hmm. physically, uh, and at the same time how also what I eat impacts my uh, my mind as well, mm -hmm. and not necessarily in a very healthy way, but I think I've learned through time, you know the triggers and the implications between what I, you know, what I, how I nurture my gut in both ways, actually, you know, food wise and mind wise, mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you've mentioned also that uh, you've experienced some insecurities um, as a professional uh, nutritional therapist, but also uh, as a mother. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if, um, You, how have you overcome those insecurities? Like, be, you know, beyond acknowledging them and learning how to live with them, are there other things or other mechanisms that you've developed or patterns that you've developed to, de to deal with your own insecurities? And also, I imagine that before that time in your life, maybe as a young adult, you've experienced other sets of insecurities. And how have you been able to deal with that? Yes, as a mother. So one thing I have seen that has helped me a lot um, is to not focus on what I'm unsure about, uh, mm -hmm. but to focus on what I've achieved so far that has worked, so to speak, to kind of shift my mindset to allow to celebrate my achievements as a mother. Mm -hmm. I have compiled a little list that I have, you know, at hand okay. nearby where I, where I've written down what I've achieved and what I feel good about and what I feel that I really give my children. And, you know, it's a list that I happily uh, continue developing and adding on and a list that I like to look through very often, especially when I'm having that moment of, of insecurity. Like, am yeah. I doing this right? I'm like, okay, hold on. I just need a, <laughs> to quickly go to that piece of paper and mm. remind myself that actually I'm, That I'm that I am a good mother, and that I'm doing well, and that uh, look at what I've I've been able to achieve. Yeah. So that's a nice little exercise that um, I would definitely encourage those who, and it's not just as a as a as a mother. It can be, of course, also professionally, or you know, it can be anything. Mm. If there is an insecurity in a certain field of your life at a certain time in your life, um, change your mindset and maybe focus on what you've been able to achieve at that specific time. Yeah. And, and again, feel free to add to it as, as time goes by and definitely revisit it as often as needed to, to kind of normalize 
and to and to yeah shift the mindset that of not just seeing the the doubts but also the achievements yeah and another little exercise i actually like to do also is and this is actually something my partner says to me oftentimes when he sees that i need a little bit of help <laughs> whether it's uh, yeah in the, related to workplace or or motherhood or any other um, area in your life is to do a power pose i don't know if you've heard about this no no it's um it's it's incredible how something so simple can <laughs> sometimes <laughs> like shift your mindset okay. it just it it is sitting or sitting or standing up straight mm -hmm. with your shoulders relaxed your okay. head high looking forward breathing in deeply and out and just mm -hmm. reassuring to yourself that i can do this i can do this and then somehow you can <laughs> and you just yeah. do it and then you're like oh thank god i did that you know what what was i so unsure about uh, about sharing or about doing um you know i ha i i had the courage to do it and it feels good i i think that we we don't really take the time to kind of give Sit. ourselves a little pep talk you know yeah exactly to to st step back a little bit from the situation and just Exactly. Give yourself a little pep talk and, and go for it. <laughs> yeah. And also, I think that what you said around having, you know, looking at things from a positive uh, um, perspective is something that we don't necessarily like do. It's e much easier to dwell on the negative things and, you know, the bad parts rather than to actually spend some time on our achievements and, you know, what we've been able to manage and do so far. and. I wonder why that is, you know, I wonder if it's something in our, in our society, uh, where, you know, on one end we celebrate, you know, success and we're all about performance and, you know, achieving goals super easily and, and, and super quickly. And on the other end, we're super, super, super bad at recognizing mm. you know, value that we bring and at celebrating ourselves for all the good that we do. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that's something actually that is more, you know, European, actually, mm. maybe. Could be. I mean, we live in a very interesting era at the moment, you know, the social yeah. media era. And it's, I think it's very easy to compare yourself to people and to people's achievements that um, you forget that achievements can be something really simple as making your bed in the morning. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. um, <laughs> so, yes, I, I think it has a lot to do with perhaps this comparison that we have toward other people and, and this fear of admitting of doing something right as, or, mm. or well as being seen as pompous or, you know, like arrogant. <laughs> yeah. Um, of course there are ways of expressing well, you know, there are ways of expressing it, but uh, I don't think there's any harm in talking about both. You know, you, you are human and it's nice for people to know that actually this person is not just achieving this and that and, and is great at everything, um, but also talk about your bad days. And yeah. um, I'm thinking specifically about social media because that has such a big impact on, on us and especially, you know, the younger population that is going to grow yeah. up with a certain mindset that is perhaps or I, I could probably say that is that is not the best mindset <laughs> to yeah. to grow up with um, because that will basically basically be your brain's conversation for the rest of your life. 
Yeah, and we actually talked about that a little bit in in the previous episode around accepting failure. Mm. Um, and I think this is deeply uh, connected. And actually, I think it's part of the same journey, you know, accepting, you know, failure from time to time, but also accepting your insecurities. And and the other thing that I was thinking, and that is also related to what you've just shared around acknowledging your achievements and at the same time sharing them and also share when you have bad days, is mm. that... I think that we, a lot of us struggle with voicing our insecurities, not necessarily to ourselves. I think we do that tremendously well. Mm-hmm. We're very capable of, you know, undermining ourselves and, and, you know, focusing only on our insecurities. Yes. But actually talking about it with other people, whether it's our friend, you know, our partner, mm. our family, I, I think is, it's quite hard. Yes. Yes. It's hard. Um, hundred uh, percent. And I wonder if it's because you feel that, like you were saying, it's very linked to failure, like that you feel that you, you failed if it's a topic of discussion. Like if mm. you do bring up a certain insecurity that you feel like, oh, but if I talk about it, then, you know, does this mean I failed? Does this mean, mm. I, you know? So, yeah, it's, it is funny enough, a very difficult thing to do, even, even when it's about um, talking about it with your most nearest and dearest yeah i i think so too and and also i think that for some reason it's it's even harder because at least to me i see insecurities are as being you know deeply connected with our social self so most of the insecurities that we experience come from either our fear of what other people are going to react to mm-hmm. when they see this part of ourselves or because we feel that we're not worthy or something like that, let's mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. So it's clearly like linked to like self-confidence and to um, judgment and social judgment. Yes. Yes, it is. And and then, of course, there are other insecurities that are more deeply anchored within, you know, ourselves. And and I think those are more like fears, you know, mm-hmm. fears and, and and anxieties that we tend to develop, you know, based on on traumas that we have experienced in the past. And and those, I think, are are also harder to express just to ourselves. And you know, because I think that they they develop. In, in our in our personalities, you know, ways of behaving and of reacting that are very complex. Oh yeah, and it's it's interesting you bring that up because it's oftentimes um, because, like you were saying, that these insecurities stem from you know previous scars, so to speak. Mm-hmm. People sometimes forget that, and yeah. and they're surprised, like you know, why why am I feeling this way? So it's interesting to to mention it because a lot of the time in in my uh, when I see my clients we do a lot of past health history as well as past personal history because funny enough you start to connect the dots um from previous happenings that are still very much prevalent in the person but the person just has forgotten about them and therefore has not been able to work with it to try and you know as we were saying to digest it and to 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 let it go yeah we 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 tend to be quite good at forget forgetting stuff that we don't want to you know, keep in the back of our minds. Yes. yes. But then, you know, it's, it's, we forget also that it stays, it's still here. It's not because that you don't want to see it, that it's not here. Yes. 
And the impact that has on us is 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 tremendous. Absolutely, and it's uh, and I'm very careful when <laughs> when I say things like oh just forget about it or or you know if if something happens and I'm like no no don't think about it or let's just move on let you know life goes mm -hmm. on life does go on but I'm not sure we should forget about it or you yeah. know so it's I I I always try and correct myself when I think that way or say say that I'm very I try to be very careful because like you say it it stays within our, our body as an emotion yeah. Yeah. and I think there is nothing worse than emotions that are not well digested a hundred percent yeah and I, and the impact that has on your en entire body is, mm. is it's crazy I think that you know you can even develop diseases and uh -huh. oh yeah I mean it's a it's a stressor um, yeah. And stress is the underlying cause of absolutely every single pathology. Stress creates inflammation in the body, and then you know that inflammation can take any route um, yeah. it wants. <laughs> yeah, we. I think we we really need to be quite careful mm. with that. And and I always say, uh, you know, in when I conclude my my podcast episode that. Mm. If you feel that you need to go see a therapist, whatever type of therapist that is, mm -hmm. it's really important that you know you do so because that's how you're going to be able to make sure that, as we said earlier, your mind, your body, and your soul are aligned, and that you can you know live a healthy life in all you know the meanings that entails. Mm -hmm. And yes, and it's it doesn't mean that you failed if you go and ask for help. Yeah. Um, on the contrary, it just means that you have you know you create a team and a support team that um, hopefully will help you learn the tools to be able to to feel better and and to tackle these insecurities and and other emotions. Um, yeah. So it's not yeah. a failure at all. It just means that you're open to to for help, and and that is a beautiful thing can be a beautiful yeah. thing yeah it is and i think it's 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 actually maybe the biggest step uh to being your your true self let's say yes um yeah but so do you have any um any other learnings um from your experience um that you want to share with us around you know yeah accepting our insecurities i know you you mentioned a couple of things i the pose and 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 the list and i think that's brilliant but um <laughs> are there honest other things that you, you know you have at the back of your mind that that you think is worth mentioning uh I see myself as a lifelong learner, so I, I don't at this moment of time. I think those are the two main ones that uh, came into my mind, and that I really, really live by. You know, to go uh, see what fits you, try maybe these these two suggestions out, see how you feel. But those, I think, are, are the two learnings that I would like to share <coughs> yeah. with you. Yeah. But actually, you know, the fact that you said that you're, you know, a, a long life learner is also mm -hmm. a learning because, <laughs> you know, life is not a, a straight, uh, calm path. Mm. Uh, we have to accept also that, you know, we might, uh, you know, there are ups and, ups and downs. And, and, I, and I think we are all aware of that. I mean, like, we've all experienced it. But yes. I think, you know, sometimes it's easy to think that, yeah, okay, I've like uh, survived this or I have overcome this. 
now everything is going to be perfect. <laughs> and then, you know, something, something hits you again. Yeah. And then, you know, you feel a little bit desperate because you feel that you're not going to see the end of it. Yes. But the life, life is all about that. It's about, you know, all of these cycles that kind of happen on a regular basis and yes. where, you know, you just keep on learning. Yes. And it's, I think it's super, super, super important to, um, to keep that open. in mind. Yeah. Yeah. To be open and, and to, yeah. And, and to keep, to keep in mind that don't forget and it, it goes back to what we were saying earlier but mm -hmm. don't forget everything that you've achieved and everything that you've learned so far because all of that knowledge is only going to make you stronger for what comes next yes beautiful absolutely <laughs> well, well there, said yeah, <laughs> thank you <laughs> um and is there anything else you would like to share with the circle community before we we end today's episode yes I would actually. There is this okay. there is this great quote that I've come across and I would really like to share. And it goes like this. What's the greatest risk? Letting go of what people think or letting go of how I feel, what I believe and who I am. Yeah. I thought that was also beautiful. <laughs> and I yeah. had to share it. <laughs> that's like, yeah, that's really, really, really powerful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that because this is so true. And I think it's, it sums up very, very well, you know, what we've discussed today. And, and I think also what we're aiming to do here, you know, with this podcast and with the circle in general is giving people the power and the confidence to believe more in their, in themselves and in, and in who they are and shed everything else that is not pushing you in that direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, my pleasure. Us, Carolina. <laughs> thank you, Carolina, for uh, you know being part uh, of this discussion today. Um, I think it was very inspiring and very insightful, especially that last quote that you shared with us. I'm actually going to share that in the podcast group that we have on Facebook. Um, and I hope that we will be able to have other conversations together again soon on other topics. Oh, my pleasure. It's thank you so much for having me here. And I'm really happy that that quote also resonated with you. It's uh, very powerful. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And absolutely, I'll be more than happy to come on here and, and talk about all things holistic. So I hope you found this discussion with Carolina quite insightful and that it has inspired you to find ways to deal and accept with your own insecurities. I truly believe that in time, especially if you've grown able to identify your patterns as explored in the second episode of this podcast, you should be able to also pinpoint when your insecurities are taking over and needing your thoughts and actions. Noticing those moments and being able to take a step back allows you to do what I call a self-check-in. And this is crucial because it is the first step of the process of accepting your insecurities and dealing with them as you see fit. What usually helps is figuratively creating some sort of stop or reset button that will break out the spiral in which you find yourself due to that feeling of insecurity. It could be developing a mantra, having a short go-to meditation that helps you release fear, journaling to really focus and understand how you feel, anything that facilitates that connection and alignment between all the layers of yourself. So you can take a deep breath, assess the situation, and mentally say, I'm not letting my insecurities take the better of me. I myself have actually created my own mantra. 
clarity, strength, confidence that I use as a constant reminder in such situations. It came to me a few years ago as I was in an elevator looking at myself in the mirror and feeling quite anxious about a job interview I was about to enter. I was afraid of feeling judged and not being good enough for the position. And I was trying to find a way to calm my nerves and taking a few deep breaths and it dawned on me. Three little words that I now cherish like nothing else and connect me to my true self in times of need. I'm happy to be sharing it with you and feel free to use it if it resonates well with you. But what matters the most is finding something that feels natural and intuitive to you. Let yourself explore what that could be and try out a few different things. To facilitate this introspection, I recommend being in a meditative state where your inner and spiritual selves are heightened and can guide you in the right direction. And if you have questions on how to do so, or if you would like to share your experience on that shelf check-in, feel free to reach out on our Facebook group dedicated to the podcast, where I'll also be sharing Carolina's contact details. Check out facebook.com slash groups slash journeys to the self. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share your comments and questions directly on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash journeys to the self or via our Instagram account at thecircles.com. Enjoying this podcast? Then contribute to its growth by rating and reviewing it on the podcast platform of your choice. This will be of tremendous help.